have some training to recognize certain concerning behaviors and not rationalize and minimize and justify why something dangerous is not likely to happen here. That's something that the parent would want to bring to the attention of the school, either the director of security, uh, an assistant principal, a counselor, a school psychologist to provide insight about this behavior. Chances are there are other students and or staff members who've also noticed these behaviors. Welcome to the Real Security Podcast, where we talk about real security issues with real security experts to help you protect yourself and your family with real security solutions. I'm Tiffany with the Lionheart Security Team, and today's podcast is all about helping to prepare you and your family for the rapidly changing security climate in our nation. Let's join our host, Tim Miller, as we talk about today's critical topic. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Real Security Podcast, and wow, do we have a good one for you tonight. Uh, I have the privilege of bringing in my friend, Dave Young. Uh, Dave is an incredible um, uh, law enforcement guy, all kinds of background and experience, but mostly um, Dave is a, a guy who really understands the violence and the preventative measures that we all should be thinking about in terms of school shootings and active violence. And uh, I, I could brag on Dave for a while, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let Dave tell you a little bit of about himself. Since he's humble, though, I, I do want to tell you he's been a police officer. He's been in SWAT. He's been in the FBI. He's kind of been there, done that. So, Dave, thank you for taking time tonight. I am honored to have you and I look forward to talking. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, tell everybody just a little bit about yourself. I know you're humble, so please tell us enough to where we get the picture. Okay. Uh, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I was a police officer for uh, about eight years. Uh, Just recently, not too long ago, retired from the FBI after 22 years, uh, where I was a member of our uh, SWAT team for uh, 17 years. Uh, About the last 15 years, I worked with our behavioral analysis unit as uh, the Chicago field office's primary um, threat management coordinator um, in dealing with serious threats of violence. Wow. Wow. You ran across all kinds of problems. I I don't know, though. Chicago's pretty peaceful, right? Uh, it was. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Ever since you left, brother, I'm telling you. Hey, I know um, you and I talk all the time, and uh, I, I've learned so much from you about threat indicators and indicators of violence, and that's something you and I are doing together to train organizations. But, you know, there there are a lot of people out here who are concerned about all the pre-indicators, you know, people that are saying, posting and, and doing crazy stuff. And then they do something and people are like, wow, you know, uh, we, maybe we should have said something. Um, so let's take a look at this clip real quick. I think this helps us a lot. Torture and ultimately kill a female classmate. He expressed delight in torturing a family of baby birds. And he wrote about the joy he received in listening to them squeal as he killed them. He spoke of his admiration for Adolf Hitler and Jeffrey Dahmer, specifically stating, when you die, you need to be remembered for a long time, doing something that will make people think of you until time ends. 
The evidence will show that the defendant had a very specific and detailed agenda leading up to November. You know, Dave, that's the kind of stuff that just petrifies you when you think of people like this guy, you know, being um, out there planning, talking. And unfortunately, there are going to be a whole lot of other people that follow his lead. I, I, I'd be interested. I, I know you're pretty familiar with the Oxford shooting. I'd be very interested in kind of what your thoughts are on uh, this whole situation. It's, uh, as you said, you know, very alarming and you know, others will uh, take notice of this case, you know, for uh, maybe good, hopefully good purposes and uh, perhaps not as noble purposes. But, uh, you know, this is a 15 year old who um, displayed some, I guess, what you would refer to as some warning signs uh, earlier in his life, you know, including those that the prosecutor mentioned. Um, cruelty to animals, um, involvement in uh, some sort of uh, neo-Nazi type rhetoric. Wow. You know, and that's, you know, we've seen that before, uh, both in adults uh, and in, in children. Um, and there is some research that indicates that, you know, taking sadistic pleasures against animals uh, could have correlation with um, similar behavior, but uh, against people in later Dave, years. You know, I've heard you present to FBI, I mean, I've heard you present about indicators, and to me, you know, the novice, this looks like behavior that should have sounded every bell across the spectrum. Why do these things keep happening? And after he goes in and kills eight people, after I, I guess his parents were arrested for contributing, I mean, fill us in on that. Yeah, you know, it it, seem, it does seem as though uh, we keep repeating uh, the same uh, type of incident and that the behavior that leads up to it that gets exposed, you know, once the, the event occurs. You know, I think the, a big piece of this is education, and that is for schools, uh, school districts, staff, uh, personnel, parents, uh, and, you know, fellow classmates as well. You know, in the later... Um, or I guess suppose in the lead up to this, there was quite a bit of behavior and it involved uh, teachers who made observations and uh, counselors who made observations uh, who brought this to the attention of the administration. Um, specifically, some of uh, his searches that were observed by a teacher about ammunition, day of the shooting, um, pictures he was drawing, statements he was making about shooting. Uh, people going into uh, the administrator's office, uh, presumably with the weapon itself. And what wow. police later found out, a journal in the same backpack uh, where he had made expressions about killing his classmates. Wow, wow, wow. And David, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw some news reports from other students that said they didn't come to school that day because the rumor was there could be trouble at school. And I guess what I what I'd love for you to tell us is what is the behavior that should be reported. I know you're advising, consulting, counseling, and training schools in the Chicago area. What is the behavior that should sound the alarm? I mean, 
it seems that people are afraid to get involved and eight people are dead, even with all of the warning signs from this kid. There's no exhaustive list, you know, yeah. so you always, I tend to try to be careful um, and not focus on one incident and the events that uh, were involved in the incident. I don't want people to focus too much on those singular uh, behaviors because it, the behaviors can be vast. And, you know, in, in this threat assessment world, it's often referred to as leakage, mm -hmm. uh, which in essence is concerning behavior. It can occur across different domains of life, you know, school, social life, w the workplace, um, other activities. And oftentimes people don't connect those behaviors in those different silos of a person's life. All right. Let, let, let me ask you a question then. Okay. For the average parent, my 14 year old comes home and says, Hey dad, it's weird. This guy's talking about neo-Nazi stuff. He's talking about slaughtering puppies or whatever. Dad, I'm scared. Dave, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, those are, are, are two examples in this case. And in unfortunately others, that's something that the parent would want to bring to the attention of the school, either the director okay. of security, uh, an assistant principal, a counselor, a school psychologist, uh, or the principal, her or himself, to provide insight about this behavior. Ch chances are there are other students and or staff members who've also noticed these behaviors. So they can okay. start that interview process. So let me ask you this, Dave, and you're the expert, I'm not. Okay, I was a cop, you were a cop. Okay. At what point do parents say, Hey, this is so be, this is so concerning that we want to document the incident. When do they go to the police, um, to, to, to say, Hey, look, we just want to go on record. This is a problem. And what strikes my mind on that is the Parkland, you know, Nicholas Cruz. I mean, how many times did even law enforcement miss the opportunity to stop that? Right. You know, I think people need to have some training mm -hmm. to recognize certain concerning behaviors. At the same time, I don't think it takes training. Some of that recognition occurs intuitively. And hmm. when you listen to your gut, and your gut's telling you something is not right, you really need to listen to it and not rationalize and minimize and justify why something dangerous is not likely to happen here. Well, statistically, yeah. that's probably true. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to wait that out. Um, yeah. We sort of want to run out wow. every ground ball. Report err on the side of reporting beha behavior. That is so good, Dave. And I know I've asked you this question, and you're going to tell me it's an exhaustive list. But give me give me five things that you would say as literally one of the nation's experts on threat analysis. Give me five behaviors that you would say, hey, if I start to see these things. I'm going to get concerned. So access to and practice with weapons that are out of okay. character, I would say. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Um, I'd say mental health. And with now having said that, severe mental illness, uh, personality um, disturbances and disorders, um, suicidal ideation, substance mm -hmm. use and abuse, um, especially out of character. Um, 
any type of uh, concerning behavior in terms of harassing, threatening, menacing, stalking type behaviors. By the part of the child or by others towards the child? By the part of the, the child or person of concern. Okay. Right. So Good. if you see these behaviors, those are behaviors you want to report. And as you suggested, um, this focus on uh, neo-Nazi type of rhetoric, um, cruelty to animals, that, that behavior should be reported uh, to authorities. You know, we're always, we're taught as children not to, to, uh, to pass the buck or um, in this case, yeah, you want to pass the buck. You want to provide this information onto authorities who hopefully have been trained in the recognition of these behaviors and know what to do with it. And, and Dave, I know you've helped synagogues and houses of worship. Um, you know, a, another hot place where people that are hurting come, um, what would you say to, um, the only way I describe them is softer targets about the importance of having a system in place that identifies some of this behavior. Yeah. I mean, some of what you can, you can look at, especially if you know somebody, right? So some of the more uh, concerning behavior or perhaps uh, could shed light on imminence mm -hmm. uh, that something could be uh, moving from thought to action you know, would be changes in diet, changes mm -hmm. in sleep patterns, general changes in the person's life pattern, okay? Uh, their hygiene seems to be slacking off or plummeting. They may start to uh, sport some uh, tattoos that have violent images, maybe some lavish spending, um, sexual promiscuity where that was not the case with this person. They may stop taking medications that they, they know they need to take hmm. because in essence, what that comes down to is they may have this lack of concern for future consequences. Yeah. Right. That's and they, good. And they yeah. may accept it. They may know the consequences. Right. And, ex and have accepted them, which is. Right. Uh, well, a late you bring step. You bring a great point too, Dave, you know, and as you know, our, our team has been out training mental health awareness primarily based on NAMI's program, but mental health um, is, is a big issue. I should say mental illness is a huge issue in our nation, uh, especially amongst young people. Uh, we're finding a drastic increase in suicide in uh, teenagers and, and even children. Uh, I was listening to a radio program today where the father was talking about their 12-year-old son that took his life. And, and how much, um, I mean, it's easy to group all these shooters into mentally ill people. How often is mental illness a factor in, uh, in folks doing what this 15 year old kid did in Oxford? Well, I think it's easy to say that, you know, somebody who would do that must be crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, it, it's it, colloquially, I think that's a, that's the term or phrase that we would use. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to be careful, though, uh, because many Americans, maybe pe many people in the United States have mental health concerns, mental health issues, and the vast majority of them will never be violent. Yeah, right. that's right. 
Um, so that includes depression and anxiety and and other areas of concern. So, uh, at the same time, those who have become extremely violent may have had uh, fewer uh, or less successful coping strategies. They become uh, fixated and obsessed on a person and or a target, right? And they don't have these coping strategies. They feel that there's some grievance, right? Uh, or some revenge motive, and they don't have the, the coping strategies to, to manage uh, those frustrations and grievances. Um, so is it safe to say that anybody who does something extremely violent has severe mental illness? I think the default is easy to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not qualified, and that nor have I spoken to each of these people if I was. Um, but I think certainly the question is a valid one. Um, would somebody who had healthy coping strategies and who wasn't mentally ill conduct themselves and themselves in that manner? I I feel com- comfortable in saying no. Yeah, um, but I think it's dangerous to make uh, too many blanket statements about that. Well, that's good stuff, Dave. And and you know, at the end of the day, uh, our our goal obviously is to uh, help as many people become more aware of what kind of behavior to look for. You know, what kinds of things should we be looking for as these things occur more and more? And I actually, uh, my heart breaks for you know, families with, um, teens. I mean, we had a lockdown across the street from my house of an elementary school. Now, fortunately it was part of this nationwide swatting, you know, where they're calling in threats and they're not real threats, but you know, I, two grandkids in that school. So that's a, uh, that's a massive alert for me, but, um, Hey, I, I just want uh, you to leave folks with, uh, hey, here are two or three suggestions for perhaps identifying and preventing violence. Right. I think it's really important to establish a baseline of knowledge of potential pre-attack behaviors. Mm -hmm. The education piece can't be overstated. Right. I think it's also important to develop an understanding of the process of of, um, of identification, assessment, and management of mm-hmm. potential threats and those who pose them. Understand yeah. that it's a process. It's not an event and it takes place over time. And then I guess just learn to uh, recognize concerning behaviors, trust your instincts and report that information to authorities. Well, I mean, that's great. I mean, that's the wisest counsel ever. Um, and, and I'm thankful for guys like you, Dave, that you know, are, are really working the issues. Um, you know, we used to say in the secret service that a great day was air force one leaving because that meant everything that was supposed to happen happened that day. And I think that's the takeaway for this, you know, for those folks that are listening and, and this is a big issue and are thinking, wow, you know, I don't know that I would, I would want to get involved. The thing I'd say to you is this after the shooting, how would you feel? And so I'm going to be that person, and I would encourage all of us to be that person. When in doubt, call it out. Let the professionals like Dave and others who are highly trained and highly skilled to assess, hey, is this a real threat or not? Because here's what we know. Every one of these shooters, there are others out there watching them and going, hmm, I could do that. 
like he said in that court video at the beginning, he wants to be known for something like Adolf Hitler. Well, that's horrifying. And so thank you for shedding light, Dave. Um, powerful, powerful message tonight. And uh, we're going to get you back. Obviously, you and I will be doing some training uh, coming up, which is exactly right down, you know, teaching employees, hey, when you start to see these kinds of things, let's stop it before it happens and not wait till after it happens and then try to clean the mess up. So I'm grateful for you, Dave. I'm thankful for your expertise. And uh, this was a great conversation. And I hope that everybody out out here has the ability to, to kind of watch it, watch it carefully, listen carefully to what Dave's been talking about. Because I know I learned some things tonight too. And, and again, I think that's why you and I and our team, that's why we're doing what we're doing. If we can stop one school shooting, just one, I'll be happy. And uh, I think we can stop a whole lot more than one. So thank you again, my friend. And uh, we will be traveling soon. Thank you so much for watching The Real Security Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our important future conversations. We'd love for you to add your voice to the discussion. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Remember, protecting your family and the things you love is your responsibility. And the best time to prepare and plan and practice your security is before a crisis. Stay safe out there.